What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Organic Guy Podcast. I am your host, The Organic Guy. This is your home of organic conversations where you get to hear from various thought leaders across the organic movement. Today, I do have a special guest for you, and he goes by the name of Mr. Coleman Power, who holds a master's degree in organic horticulture. He is a nutritionist as well as a certified personal trainer. Mr. Coleman is an author of Amazon's number one bestseller, The Power of Organic Fitness, where he shares with you strategies and ways that you can take control of your life by the use of organic food and lifestyle. So Mr. Coleman, it's such a pleasure to have you on and uh, thank you very much for joining in the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me and giving me that, I suppose, absolutely unbelievable elevator pitch on everything that I currently do. Yeah, fantastic, man. Your, your work is awesome. I guess before we dive deep into the conversation, you can sort of give the guys a little bit of a background of how you grew up. And I'm interested in your early childhood because I believe that your early childhood sort of shapes who you become. So you can sort of paint a picture for us. How was it growing up as a child in Ireland? I suppose being from the south of Ireland, Waterford is where I was born and raised for the most part with mother and father who were both psychiatric nurses. Tough jobs, working opposite 12-hour shifts, so there was always someone at home looking after us. Um, our meals were always pretty healthy. It definitely wouldn't have been organic, but maybe when my mother and father were growing up, the word organic actually was the norm, but not for the most part now. Uh, they're heavily sprayed, and that's what we can talk about later on. I was, I suppose, down on the lower end of someone who was focusing on health. I would have had poor skills in relation to having a learning difficulty, and that would have put me, I suppose, as an underdog. Underdog with friends, underdog with that ability to retain information from the way it was passed on to me. And that kind of set me on the path of being the best version of myself really early on. And that's one of the first times actually someone's actually asked me that, starting off early. I thrive being an underdog. So I love being told that you can't do that or you're not able. So I was told that I'd never be a teacher. I was told that I not necessarily wouldn't write a book, but that it was way out of my scope. And those things, I suppose a lot of people say that you can't feed the world organically or that there's no difference between us. And I have been really and truly driving towards those things because when someone tells me they can't, I kind of and gets me to put a little bit of grit in my teeth. And I have a lot of passion, I have a lot of energy and to share to people about the likes of the difference between organic and conventional. And as I said, I went to uh, secondary school and uh, was going to be an electrician and only for my father and maybe my sister who put me on the path of saying that you could most certainly be something better than an electrician. Not long electricians, if anybody's listening right now, it's just that uh, my father believed that I could be maybe something better. So I went down to college, did horticulture, studied then for four years and that. And my sister says to me, Coleman, would you do a master's degree in organic horticulture? And I said, what? A master's degree? I'm struggling through all these bloody classes and lectures, writing stuff down to get another piece of paper. And lo and behold, I, I didn't have a job after the four years of college. So I decided to continue. I did the master's and I was specialized in organic horticulture and growing in particular. And after that, I ended up doing a little bit of traveling and came home and set up a market garden. So a market garden is literally you're producing food for local restaurants, cafes, and people who would like chemical-free and organic produce dropped to their door or picked up from the farm gate. And that would be the emphasis of, I suppose, my whole ethos would you grow your own or you buy it but definitely adding it to your diet that would be a short little synopsis of who i am and what my background was nice nice fantastic i can sort of relate uh when you're talking about 
wanting to do your master's and, you know, kind of struggle that goes through because <laughs> right now I'm also doing my master's in organic agriculture in the, in the Netherlands. I can sort of feel the, the inks, you know, do I, do I really have to do this? Do I really have to go through all these exams to get this paper? So from that perspective, it sort of makes sense. And then um, when you look at the journey now into organic, is there a point in your life you can say you know what that event made me take organic seriously or is there somebody in your life who sort of said there's this thing called organic you might want to look at it what was it for you that you know made you become more conscious about organic and organic farming in general Um, i would say the education that i got in being told in college that something such as an apple can be sprayed up to 10 times and then i kind of like that's that's one thing being told us but actually going out to farms and seeing it is another so we went out to conventional farms and i do it when i record podcasts myself i visit and just have chats with people to see where they switch over from conventional to the likes of organic and it was something that shocked me to see bottles with x poison written on the side of it and to be put into a knapsack or into a hopper and a tractor, which is then literally driven left and right of fruit trees or crops with their booms spread way out. And this white form powder that ends up on the periphery edges of the likes of the skin, which of an apple we typically eat, which is why it's really important to improve uh, your food choices towards organic or chemical free. For everyone that has a house or a pot that you can grow an apple tree in, it's an amazing thing. Put an apple tree in, three to four years, you'll have 100 apples. That's you self-sufficient for the year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In when apples come into season. And that's kind of the thing that, oh, how can I? I can't afford an apple tree. It costs you $15, 15 euros, the equivalent. It's literally like printing money, growing your own food. That's probably the biggest game changer. And when I took control of my diet, when I moved out of home at the age of 24, after doing my master's, completing it, I definitely saw a major improvement in my energy levels. I used to have autoimmune diseases. I used to have asthma. I used to have mild asthma. All of those things have been, I suppose, reversed because food is medicine. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's time we start to add to food is medicine that organic food is medicine. Because some food nowadays, uh, there's an argument, a very strong argument that it shouldn't be called food. But uh, it is what it is. This is where we are. I want to ask you this question because it's also a question I get a lot. It's a simple question, but I also try to answer is, you know, depending on who is asking it and what context is being asked about. So from your perspective, when someone asks you, why organic? Why why do you have an emphasis on organic? How do you answer that question? The foods that you eat have a direct result on the way you look, you feel, and how much energy you have. And with organic produce, having higher omega-3, which is anti-inflammatory, reduces inflammation in the body. It's something that isn't sprayed top to toe with harsh chemicals, okay? Whatever about a study that's going to say that it's okay in certain amounts. I know I would rather have less of a certain chemical in my body if I have the opportunity to do so. It's not that I, it's not what more expensive. The point of which is it's key for your health. You either pay right now with the foods that you eat every day or you pay in medication or bills later on down the line. That is one of the main things that I stress to people. And after that, the people say, oh, Coleman, I found a study that says this higher omega-3 is not really all it's cracked up to be. And I say, that's absolutely fine. Right now, I'm going to touch on this point. It's not always what's extra in organic food. It's what's not in it. Yeah, I think that's also a good perspective to look at it. I mean, we take for granted on what's, what it is rather than what is not. So I think that will be also a good way to look at it. I touched a little bit earlier about, you know, you are a certified personal trainer and, you know, one of your 
uh, major talking points is fitness, right? You even actually wrote a book about, uh, you know, advising people on how they become, you know, healthier themselves. So I want to ask you this, why organic fitness? Because if you go, for example, in any social media app, let's say Instagram, TikTok, you'll find someone talking about fitness. And it's very rare you find someone talking specifically about organic and, you know, what organic can do to your fitness. So what made you point out and, you know, stress on the importance of organic fitness? The whole point is I recommend the best, which is most certainly local, fresh and organic produce. The idea that people can lose weight and eat Mars bars. Yes, they can, but that's not healthy. You can lose weight and eat and drink juice diets. You can go to Slimming World and they'll demonize bananas, which is, again, nonsensical. I'm trying to get people to understand foods and the best foods that you can eat are always single ingredient foods. It's not that you have to eat everything organic. Why? Because that's quite difficult. But if you want to be better, more sustainable and healthier long-term and lose weight while your hormones are not out of whack with some sort of potion and lotion, just happen to have a blast bottle, let's pour it into one container then spray it on your crops, your fruits, your vegetables or the land that the animals are feeding off if the people and the listeners are eating meats is crazy. You need to understand every food that you eat is information for your body. Okay, and it sends signals then to the likes of everything it goes to the muscles, the heart, the brain, the hair, your ears, the tops of your toes, all the way to the tops of your hair. That is key. Food can literally change your life. And I'm trying to and putting out this message. And the point is that not a lot of people are actually doing it. Why? Because it's supposed not the norm. But just because something isn't the norm doesn't mean, I suppose, it isn't best. I can only stress to you that the people, starting myself as an example, my own physical health would be quite high because of the food choices that I have for breakfast. I'm going to ask people, what are you having for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? That's what we focus in on because the foods that you eat massively have an effect on your gut health. Okay, your gut health is so important because it's linked with being a happier individual. A lot of people ask me, Coleman, how much of a certain supplement should I be taking? No, the definition of a supplement is, well, certainly something you cannot get from your diet. But if you're eating whole foods, if you're eating and complete proteins are the first thing the body runs off, okay, that's chicken, fish, turkey, eggs, tofu, tempeh, hemp seeds, all those things are single ingredients and they're complete protein. Then we go with healthy fat. Those are the likes of your egg yolks, please. Don't tell me that they raise your cholesterol. That has totally been disproven. And that's in the book as well. And the point after that will be either extra virgin olive oil organically and sourced from one main farm, which typically what I recommend because of its high omega-3 content and its ability to produce insulin resistance. The next thing I would recommend is coconut oil, even butter, the th- whole thoughts of those things that are beneficial, they're essential for your body. Fats are essential. And nuts and seeds are also important too. Then we have carbohydrates. They are often demonized, but if you're getting it from the right sources, because the likes of donuts, chips, crackers, chocolates, you name it, alcohol, those are five processed foods that I don't recommend to people. Some people will certainly have them in their diet, but you want to be having more complex carbohydrates, brown rice, brown pasta, and brown bread. And even better, again, sourdough bread would be something I would recommend to people for your beneficial gut bacteria because it's fermented. All these things naturally improve your gut health, which 70% of your immune system is located there. That's something that needs to be majorly stressed at this moment in time because we're coming into winter and we hear things about flus and colds and everything else that's out there right now but food can most certainly improve your health if you are eating the right types of food as you touched on think about it is if food is heavily sprayed it can cause leaky gut why which and what that is is it makes your gut permeable 
puts holes in it for the most part. And after that, then what ends up happening is food leaks into the bloodstream and causes inflammation. That's what happens and is increasing in the likes of all inflammation is the root cause of so many different diseases that I suppose must stress that foods can most certainly put you on the right path of improved health and with combination of exercise because you cannot outtrain a bad diet combine those two together is the organic fitness program either home workouts with added weights and in on top of that it's like so your foods getting the complex carbohydrates your healthy fats and your complete proteins organically and chemical free at all possible fantastic i think you just put all the knowledge out there for everybody to grasp from what you're supposed to eat proteins carbohydrates mix all of this making sure that you know your body actually is made up of the food that you eat which a lot of people don't take time to actually think about it and internalize that message Mm. because if they did i think they'll be able to make better decisions uh, in terms of what they are able to eat you mentioned a little bit about the book so what was the motivation behind writing the power of organic fitness my whole emphasis of writing the book would have been to pass on the current knowledge that I do have. And uh, I'm actually dyslexic by trade, if you want to call it that. It took me a long time. It took me two and a half years to write the book. And I had to sit down and I don't enjoy sitting down for a long period of time because of my type A personality. I want to move. And even when people are watching this either on YouTube or you you use the video clips, I like to move as much as I possibly can. I use my hands because I'm quite animated. I have a lot of energy, a lot of passion for spreading a positive message. Okay. And in the book, it starts off with the likes of understanding foods, the difference between organic and conventional goes through the organic fitness foods talking about gut health okay, why it's so important for your mood because 90 percent of your serotonin that's your happy hormone produced in your stomach then it goes on to personal development and those are the areas that i'm proficient in and love to talk about with anybody that will literally most certainly love to have a conversation with me so the point of which is i get people to message me on instagram where i excel on videos and i'm going to tell you that using your strengths to your weaknesses is one thing i want to touch on in this podcast okay so i'm dyslexic and i find it very difficult to write so facebook isn't the best platform for me either is instagram would you believe it before they started doing reels because it was a lot of text and it takes me a long time to write out something and then we go on to my most active platform it will be tiktok it's video i have no problem in conveying a message through speak video form and in a humorous manner so for those of you that watch tiktok or go over after this Coleman power organic fitness on all those platforms it's me doing i suppose and making videos on the point that exercise is key for health sweating out toxins sunlight so important okay a lot of people demonize it again okay without sun we would die it's the point of which is we need it in certain amounts and most certainly it's dangerous in the dose that is really important and back towards why i wrote the book is because i want people this is my uh, i suppose mantra that i say every single morning i want people to be happier i want people to be healthier i want people to eat local fresh and organic produce why because it's the gold standard it's grown without the likes of harsh chemicals when people realize that the foods they eat have a massive effect on the way they look they feel and how much energy they have they can be the best versions of themselves that's something that i say every single morning okay so i have a mission i have a plan and i stick to it okay and that helps me on the days where it's cold where it's wet where it's windy where i'm tired and i don't want to get up but I'm getting up for not only myself, I'm getting up for other people. So I put out posts, I put out three posts on TikTok, I put three posts on Facebook, I put three posts on TikTok. That's Monday to Friday, and I put them out the weekend and stories and on top of that with a podcast. I don't know if there's anybody else literally putting and being as specific with the content that they're putting out on a regular basis. You can check that. You can check today or whenever this podcast comes out. And if I didn't make three posts on Facebook, t- TikTok, or Instagram, send me a message and call me out. But it'd be rare. Something serious would want to happen. And that's what 
I'm, I'm a major believer in consistency because you cannot win if you do not do it. If you do not enter the race, you cannot win. And I'm there. I'm not only first, I'm not only second, but I'm also third. I'm taking over the whole podium. <laughs> Yeah, that's certainly the mentality. And I can test to this. Your content creation is off the roof. I try at least every day to post at least once a day. And I think I'm doing a lot. But uh, three posts a day, that is, that's a lot of work because, you know, you, f- you need to find the right content, the content that actually inspires people or motivates people or actually informs people, which is something very, very few people can do. So kudos, man. That's, that's fantastic. I mean, the book itself is... Um, yeah, a must-have in terms of you want to improve your health. There's the book. You talk about habits that people can develop so that they can have better health in the long term and think this is very, very important. Developing the right kind of habits to allow yourself to actually live uh, a healthy lifestyle in the long term. You also, in the book, you talk about gut health. You mentioned a little bit earlier, but I, I just wanted us to go in depth to it. You know, if you are in the fitness space or in the wellness space, you can't go through a conversation without someone mentioning about gut health. And it's something that I, I think as you talk about it in the book and, you know, guys can read more about it in, uh, in the book itself. Can you sort of help us understand, like, from a superficial point of view, why, why is there an importance in gut health? Because your gut and your brain are connected. A lot of people would resonate with this. It's the fact that the foods that you eat change your mood. And we can talk about percentages, as I did already, about your happy hormones. But if you're eating healthy, you most certainly are feeling better. Good food equates to good mood. And that is key. So if you're looking far to be not only healthier, but happier, you need to change up your diet. What foods do I recommend? I don't recommend a diet. I don't want people to put themselves in a box. Okay, go to veganism, go to vegetarian, go to keto. They were quite extreme, those diets. But definitely adding in more organic produce to your diet. Whether you're getting organic chicken, whether you're getting organic beef, whether you're drinking uh, organic milk, all those things are complete proteins and most certainly will contain healthy fats too. Those are essential. So after that is your greens that are a natural prebiotic, okay? Prebiotics are those things that naturally feed your beneficial microorganisms. So that's your greens, such as your kale, your rocket, your arugula, your tatsoi, any of those dark leafy greens that are in season right now. Winter purslane, another green that if you haven't heard the names of, these are in all local seasonal bags. So maybe in an organic grower, and it's some something that i must stress it's not that i only know good foods i also grow it like i've been sowing seeds this morning for those of you to see videos there's literally clay and muck on my hands and that is something that also improves my gut health because why your gut health and your microorganisms are not only located in your gut but also on your skin so that's why i recommend people to get outside and grounding is another practice okay that's either putting your hands or your feet bare feet on the likes of the soil that improves your immune system because you're beneficial bacteria those good bacteria are fed when we start eating fibrous foods. Where is fiber found? In every different fruit and vegetable. It's not found in meats. That's not me saying we don't eat meats. Uh, my meal, my main meal last night was brown rice uh, that I've actually cooled and reheated because it actually improves uh, on their, my ability to digest it. So it reduces bloating, which is one of the signs of a uh, poor gut health. Next thing is I had red meats, red uh, organic mince. Then I had, we had tomatoes, red onions, which have higher antioxidants, which again are beneficial towards your gut health. After that, then I was drinking with my meals. I'm either adding sauerkraut, which is a fermented food item, fermented cabbage. That is something that is a natural probiotic. So the first thing are the vegetables and the fruits. That's prebiotic. So pre, they feed your gut health and the probiotics so why they put them so close in similar words so the prebiotics are the veg the probiotics are the ones that are fermented so that's either yogurts milk we have sauerkraut we have kimchi we have sourdough bread we have 
uh, miso, those are the ones that you can add to your meals to aid in digestion. And that's key because those are, again, things that I recommend. When you improve your gut health, okay, you've increased energy levels. Why? Because they break down more vitamins and minerals that we otherwise would have been able to digest. When you have more vitamins and minerals, or vitamins as some people say, it's something that most certainly can give you more energy. That's literally the keystone to increased energy. When you've increased energy, you're much more likely to be productive and carry out an exercise routine or plan. When you carry out your routine and stick to it, you most certainly will then inevitably start seeing results. So it's the key thing that your gut health can give you more energy, improve your skin health, why? Because they're breaking down those vitamins and minerals, and it produces more happy home. Key for everybody who's looking for improved health. Fantastic. I mean, that's a lot of information in a, yeah, a very small amount of time. And I would encourage people actually to listen it over and over again. Another point that you like to talk about is uh, people being able to grow their own food. I mean, you already have a master's in uh, organic horticulture, uh, so I guess there's something we also talk about. And, you know, of late, we've seen a lot of fight to farmers, if you may, because in the Netherlands, for example, they want to buy out farmers uh, because, quote-unquote, they are polluting the environment. So when you see like those developments, then uh, you can start to see your point, hey, you maybe need to sort of know how to grow your own food. So from your perspective, why do you think people wanting to grow their own food is actually a good idea? It's the cheapest thing you can possibly do for your health. A lot of people will often say that buying organic produce is expensive. I'm going to tell you, that's absolutely fine. You either have more time or you have more money. So if you have more money, Go hop at it. Go buy an organic veg. Go to country markets. You'll get it even cheaper there. Why? Because the growers need to sell it uh, most certainly every year at those certain times of the year. There's an abundance of it. And they will give you deals if you agree to come every Saturday, every Thursday, every whatever day the market is at. So that's one of the first points. Next thing is, if you want to grow your own, packet of seeds costs you $2. You betcha that you can literally grab and sow. Sow a seed today to gain the advantage in the future. It's definitely going to be the core of the podcast. There we go. You go with what is the most important vegetable or fruit to eat organically. Key thing is, I have a list of ones. It's called the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen in the book. But straight away, even before we go to that, it's touching on, it's the one you eat the most. So if you're eating broccoli, grow broccoli. If you're eating loads of kale, eat kale. If you're having loads of apples, then grow an apple tree whatever the fruit or vegetable may be for yourself. That's what I want people to do because you taking control of your food choices that you have in your back garden gives you, I suppose, back the power. If farms are being bought up in the country that you're currently listening to this in, I cannot stress it enough how important it is to sow a potato and get 10. Mm. Sow a seed of uh, one tomato seed and get 500 tomatoes, cherry tomatoes, to get your hands on the best type of food you possibly can. Why? Because it's then it's local, it's in your backyard or in a pot, or grow yourself some basil, which is literally can be grown on a windowsill that you harvest in a particular way that I mentioned again in the book is taking the top two emerging leaves to two more come out. You can prolong the like likes of your basil and don't just only have one pot, have about five of them. So you can pick individually instead of just literally stripping the whole basil plant to death and then wondering why it died because what does the plant need to make food for itself? Leave photosynthesis. We all remember that in primary school or wherever we went to school. <laughs> Simply don't be pulling off all the leaves on the hands of the likes of your basil and expecting it to grow. So yeah, if you want to literally be more sustainable and take control and take power of your health, start growing your own. Fantastic. And um, this is actually the right time to ask. I'm sure you get a lot of questions of can organic actually feed the world? From your perspective, I mean, from your standpoint and being involved with farmers and advising them, can organic actually feed the world? 
it most certainly can and sometimes organic gets a bad rap so the whole the whole thing then is it doesn't necessarily have to be organic the word organic is a registered term so being an organic grower i'm registered with organic trust which gives me and my products the greens the tomatoes or any of the other fruits that i grow a symbol okay it's a green leaf dotted with stars in the shape of the symbol of a leaf that just indicates that there's a governing body which comes out on site to test soil samples and or fruit or veg that i currently grow and take it away for glyphosate uh, testing that means that we are gov- we are what tested on a regular basis to most certainly have a high standard with the likes of conventional growers they don't have that they can literally give antibiotics to an animal and within two days that can go into the feedlot and then end up in the food system that's just not allowed strictly forbidden it's unruled in convention that's not to say that you can get a chemical free that are not registered if you know the farmer that's what i want people to do Get back to knowing where your food comes from. It's harder in a bigger city. That's absolutely fine. Then you can lean towards going to a country market or going to the likes of a food shop that has that logo that you can know it's trusted. And people say, oh, cool, man. Yeah, I've heard stories about Jack the farmer and he sprays in his land and it's still organic. Well, you're always going to find cowboys in the city. Do you know what I mean? And that's it. You're always going to find a bit of bad if you look for it. Okay, then start growing your own. Those are the things that I recommend to people. And it's definitely something that can feed the world if you're looking to go to country markets and get chemical-free or organic stuff because this is supposed it's propaganda saying that you can't feed the world with the best food you possibly can. It's madness because people don't make money of healthy people and that's definitely worth mentioning on this podcast. I think that says it all. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things, excuses, as you may, people say, ah, oh, yeah. not all farmers who say are organic are actually organic. But if, yeah. if you ask them, what percentage of organic farmers do you think are not like adhering to those principles? 50%, 60%? What percentage is it? It's a very, very minute percentage of farmers who actually don't put in the work. It's less than 1%. But the problem with this is that people are headline angry. You know, they want something that uh, people can click on and, you know, try to find more information about it. So they are always going to take the 1% of farmers who don't actually do what organic says and they're going to put it in the magazine and sort of um, cause some confusion in the consumer so that they cannot have the trust of uh, what organic represents. So that is that is some shady, shady stuff that I see from uh, the propaganda machine, which unfortunately till now seems to be working. I guess, I mean, I'm also in the in this organic space. I sometimes, you know, when you post something, you go in the comments and you see a, a little bit of criticism of, um, you know, some guys have about, you know, some of the work that I do. So I'm wondering from your end, do you also get some criticism from uh, your work? Let's say advocating for organic food, right? Advocating for people growing their own food, advocating for fitness. Do you get any criticism when you share this kind of information? And if you do, what are some of the criticism you get? I don't get too much hate for getting people to eat healthy and buy organic foods. It's more so people saying that they don't believe in it. And I was like, that's absolutely fine. The whole idea of it is whatever you think is what you believe in. And it's confirmation bias. You, As I said, you find a study to say that there is a difference between organic and conventional. But also you'll find in the same uh, peer-reviewed documents that are online to say that there is or there isn't. But you'll always find a study to back up whatever you want. And what I want people to do is taste it see it, grow it, and gain the advantage of it. Those are, I suppose, the principles of what I put out on a daily basis. And there are people that are always going to put hate on haters. What you need to do is go towards what you know and feel is right. Foods that you get chemical-free and organic are most certainly going to improve your health. Yeah, that's that's very much true. And I, I actually always say, people ask this kind of question, they know what the right answer is, okay? If 
if someone asks, is organic really nutritious? I know they know that organic is nutritious, okay? <laughs> if they ask that, can organic really feed the world? I know they know that organic can feed the world, but uh, the propaganda machine sort of puts this contradictory information in there so that this kind of guys can have doubt, right? They can have doubt if this can actually happen, if this can't happen. So in the process, they get clouded in this kind of information and they don't make a decision. So they get stuck on what is more convenient and they don't make the changes they actually need to improve their health. So that for me is actually what I feel sorry for this kind of guys who don't do what they know is the right thing to do. As we finish off, what is what is the one thing that for someone who is listening to this podcast, they can do to improve their health? So maybe it can be an exercise. What kind of exercise can they incorporate in their you know routine to have a better health? It can be food, like what kind of food they can incorporate in their health to have better health. So can you sort of share what is the one thing that if someone just really, really needs to improve their health, they can do to do that? I'm so glad you actually asked this question to finish up on. And it's that main thing that... I recommend to people sunlight is key and remember the food is stored sunlight so getting foods that are grown in light and I recommend people this batches up for a double but my food but exercise get outside see the sun rise because that's when I get people to what attack the day you improve on your health when you get up get outside get sunlight in and on to your skin to your face and your eyes it naturally wakes up the body I don't drink coffee I think I've drinking, drinking, drinking about four and five total my whole life. I'm the age of 32, heading for 33 as of now. And those are things that what are natural, are organic. 10,000 steps is a recommendation, not just for fun. It's because it helps people to maintain and lose weight in a healthy way. Okay. You can be recommended shakes. You can be recommended diets. You can be put on a plan. But what works long term is something that's organic. Steps in sunlight, food grown in sunlight which organic and chemical-free foods are. Fantastic. I think that is uh, this is the perfect time for us to digress to one of my favorite uh, segments in the podcast. So this is what I call uh, the rapid-fire question. And uh, I have prepared like 10 questions for you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw those questions to you. And uh, by the end of it, people will get to know a little bit more about you if that didn't come across the conversation. So are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Quickfire is my middle name. Hit me up with the quickfire. Okay, let's go. So the first question is, what was the first career you dreamt of having as a kid? It's probably an astronaut. The second question, if you had to eat one meal going forward, what meal would it be? It'd have to be like oats and eggs, like savory oats and eggs. Literally, that's cracking at least three, if not four eggs, because that's going to hit me 21, maybe 28 grams of protein. I would then add in a separate pan. I would add in oats, some kale or spinach, chop it up, pink Himalayan salt, or maybe some miso paste, mix it all up. I can cook that in eight minutes. And that's your complex carbohydrates in the oats, your fermented foods in the miso, and most certainly natural electrolytes in your uh, pink Himalayan salt with complete proteins and heavy fats in the eggs. There you go. Fantastic. The third question is, who is your favorite historical figure? Quick fire answer, Yurik Gagarin, because he was the first man in space. And a lot of people actually don't remember him. They more so remember Neil Armstrong, who was the first man on the moon. And I bet you uh, a lot of people didn't know that. Yurik Gagarin, Google it if you don't believe me. Fantastic. I also didn't know that. So thanks for the info, man. So the fourth question is, what sport do you like to watch or participate in? It would definitely be uh, our national sport over here in Ireland. It's called Gaelic football and hurling. And I still play at an intermediate level. So the fifth question, if you could have any animal in the world as a pet, what would it be and why? 
I actually, at a young age, wanted like a turtle, and my mom wouldn't leave me get it. Um, so straight away that. But after uh, that's just my quick fire answer. But then my longer answer would definitely be an animal such as a chicken, because if you have a chicken, you can most certainly produce the best nutrition dense foods that I call nature's multivitamin and egg. So the sixth question is, what is your favorite exercise? If I was to pick one exercise that I would do for the rest of my life, that would definitely be a squat, a curl, and a press. So it's kind of three movements in one. You squat down with two dumbbells left and right. You curl it up using the biceps and you press. That's literally covering all your, I suppose, large muscle groups. And you could literally reduce down the weight and you do it at a higher tempo, which would be your cardio. And then you'd be doing with heavier weights, which most certainly would incorporate in you uh, building and toning up your body. So squat, curl, and a press. So the seventh question is, what is your favorite book? My favorite book is by Jack Canfield. It's called The Principles of Success. I listen to it pretty much on repeat. So the eighth question is, which one would you choose? Lifting weights or running? Oh, I def- definitely lift the weights. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a harder question than that. I was like, lifting weights or food or something. Uh, definitely uh, lifting weights because you can actually, as, it, as we touched on, you can lighten down the weights or you can increase the weights and you get better bang for your buck be when you do the likes of uh, weight training because when you do and carry out running, you only burn calories in that session. And then if you do the likes of weight training, you're much more likely to most certainly get tear muscle fibers that when you're lying down on the couch watching netflix with the feet up you are still repairing from that workout yeah okay nice uh so the ninth question is what quote resonates with you most i'm big on quotes all right and one of the quotes that helped me to write the book is aim for the moon and even if you miss you'll end up in the stars so that's one of those things that people are under achieving because their standards and their target isn't high enough so the last question knowing what you know now what advice would you give to your 18 year old self enjoy what you do it's not actually about having a load of money or being extremely successful because success is different for everybody that would be definitely a key message and not to listen to anybody who tries to put you down because there's always people who are going to put you down connect with like-minded people go to areas and things and events that people go to go to talks go on your own because really you're never on your own i was afraid at the age of 18 to go even down to the shop and the shop is only literally a kilometer or a mile down the road i would have met i might have met somebody if you get me and along the way and you will but if you're with somebody who's doom and gloom tells you you can't do this tells you you can't do that that's not cool this is not how you do it and whether it's in a workplace saying that oh this is a much better way of doing this do you know what i mean you find what works for you and double down on that Stop listening to negativity. Turn off the television. Turn off the radio. Nothing but doom and gloom is on them radio stations and on the telly. Every single hour, they're trying to put you down. I'm going to put you on and up, okay? You decide your habits and your habits decide your future. That comes from healthy food choices. That comes from exercise. That comes from you going to bed at a regular time and most certainly not hanging around with people. Nancy, negative, emotional vampires, as I like to call it. <laughs> uh, okay it's a good name uh i feel i feel energized man i feel energized i feel like hitting the gym now and uh, lifting some weights i mean it's fun talking to you man you're sort of high energy and um that's just fantastic so where can guys find uh your work yeah the best place to get in contact with me would definitely be coleman power organic fitness and that's at c-o-l-m-a-n no e if you put e in there you get ronnie coleman he's a completely different kettle of fish um so yeah at Coleman Power on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, and my website is the same, Coleman Power Organic Fitness. And if anybody is looking to either train or work with me, I recommend checking out the book or my podcast, 
it's on Spotify, it's on YouTube and all those things. The name of the book is Coleman Power Organic Fitness. The name of the book is The Power of Organic Fitness. And it's written by, yeah, Coleman Power Organic Fitness. All right. Fantastic, man. Uh, I mean, I highly, highly recommend guys to follow your work, especially on social media. I mean, there's a lot of content for guys to go through. So thank you very much, man, for, um, you know, agreeing to be part of this podcast. Usually, usually enjoyed it. I'm sure a lot of guys will find a ton of information from this podcast. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, remember to be organic. Cheers.